Hello and welcome to the EDSO Policy Podcast. As usual, Anita here, Policy Officer at EDSO, here to welcome you for today's episode. We have a truly insightful episode in store, so be prepared for some sparking new input as we're diving deep into the world of EU funding priorities with a particular focus on decentralized energy infrastructure. We are not doing this alone. Joining us is our special guest, Richard, Richard Minichiocchi, senior expert at EON and a member of EDSO. Richard is bringing a wealth of expertise on this topic, so we are excited to have him sharing his insights with us today. Thank you very much, Anita. Let's kick off with a closer look at the PCIs or projects of common interest. We know that this has been established in 2013 and every two years the Commission draws up a new list with projects that have been identified as key priorities to interconnect energy infrastructures across the European Union. Not only do such projects benefit from accelerated permitting procedures and improved regulatory conditions, but also they have the right to apply to funding provided by the Connecting Europe facility or the CEF. As we are focusing on the benefits of EU funding for decentralized energy infrastructure today, I would like to hear about your opinion on the ups and downs regarding PCI projects in the past when it comes to the rewarding of DSO's record. And when you do that, could you also highlight the role of the latest revision of the 10E regulation in this regard? The 10E regulation was revised quite recently. I believe it was ended officially in January 22. The re uh, regulation was revised for several reasons. One of them was that uh, the Commission wanted to support decentralized projects. Uh, we did see positive outcomes that will, in theory, then support additional DSO products on the PCI list, such as that DSOs no longer need to team up with TSOs in order to receive their PCI status. Some, some DSOs and TSOs perhaps don't have a physical connection to each other even, because they could be different kinds of layers, so the national contact point isn't really there. And uh, now it's explicitly mentioned that the cross-border connection does not have to be physical. That can be problematic for DSOs because normally the DSOs don't build lines between different member states. Mm -hmm. So that is very positive. And these projects can be that you are having uh, an exchange of data, for example. It could be that you are implementing an innovative solution in one member state, which, which is then being applied in, in other member states. So that is a way of justifying this uh, virtual cross-border connection. Despite that, despite that it was so open in the new regulation, uh, it was quite disappointing for us to see that only one new project submitted an application for the smart electricity grid category. And this project was not even recommended for PCI status. So there, are no, there will be no new projects on the next PCI list, even though the, the regulation was revised. And this is a bit of an issue. Okay, and do you also have an answer to why the revision couldn't ensure the sufficient awarding of ESO projects? We have re recently conducted a member study. In total, there were plus 50 that responded to the DSOs that responded to the survey. And one thing that is reoccurring is that 
when it comes to the PCI, many think that it's a too complicated uh, process. It takes too much resources from the organization, which is already under a lot of pressure. These projects also demands that you will have to align on national level, on a very high level. You will have to have the support from the from the real relevant ministries, which more or less means that you have to be prepared uh, within the government. It had to be, had to be approved and possibly also signed by the Minister of Energy or Infrastructure. You will also have to have the, the national regulator support. And in most cases, you will still have to have the, the TSO support. And this is uh, something that is quite difficult to meet, especially for smaller DSOs, that you will actually have to sort of, let's say, bother your NRA and the ministry and the minister for a product that you want to do. And one other thing that we've seen several times and had feedback from, from DSO colleagues is that in some member states, they don't see any any real point in even trying because if they manage to get the PCI status and if they then uh, move forward to submit an application to the CEF and are, are being successful, the grant they receive will be neutralized in the national regulation. So that is also a huge barrier. Could you just explain for the audience what you mean by neutralized? It means that the if a company receives a grant and it buys assets for uh, grid assets for this grant, uh, they are being deducted from the regulatory asset base and they cannot uh, the the DSOs cannot benefit from it at all. If we hear about this missing recognition of DSL projects by a crucial tool like the PCI list, sounds for me like a call for a shift in policymakers' approaches that seem to have focused mainly on transmission lines. Given EDSO's history when it comes to EU funding opportunities throughout our involvement in EU projects, um, notably Horizon Europe or Horizon 2020 before that, would you say there is a way to access more support for DSOs in the general framework of existing funding landscape in the EU apart from the PCI? Yeah, I mean, there are several programs some on the on the EU level that is being directly managed from the European Union, and there are also uh, several programs that are being managed, let's say, indirectly by the Commission through member states. Uh, but if you just focus on the on what is available on the European level directly from the uh, from the EU, uh, I would like to mention the Horizon program, that, which you also did, a program that EDSO as an association and its members had a very good experience from. It is doing its job and also according to the survey there, there are very few complaints i mean there are some some things with the with the program that could be improved for example that uh, there's an issue that the products tend to end after the funding and it is a program that is focusing on opex uh, additional funds that could be mentioned is the modernization fund and the innovation fund good programs but uh, the modernization fund for example it is only targeting 10 member states in Europe, and the Innovation Fund is not really a straightforward DSO fund. So they are also becoming quite national. They, they rely on, on member state priorities. The EU then has the, the Connecting Europe facility, which is financing the, the physical assets, uh, CAPEX. It is difficult for, for DSOs to compete with these projects because we are competing for the same budget as the large-scale TSO projects. I mean, just looking into the, the draft list that is currently being evaluated, uh, for example, link between the Baltics and Sweden, 
that is also a way of uh, being less dependent on Russia. See another project, a connection between Greece and Egypt. That gives me some flashbacks from the from the CEF uh, 22, where we saw a project involving Tunisia receiving more than 50% of the of the funding. So, with that in mind, and and mentioning these examples of projects that ESO projects are competing with, we believe that perhaps there is a there is a gap of financing capex, and perhaps we need to have something that is more focused on DSOs. Okay, so you say member states don't prioritize correctly. Yeah, exactly. So we we did have a minor investigation on the on the Repower EU. And uh, I believe from the from the survey, uh, roughly 50% included uh, grids into their national into their Repower EU chapters. And we would like to make sure that the whole value chain is being stimulated. So if member states are supporting additional generation and not supporting the electricity infrastructure, the, the, the grids, we will see additional bottlenecks because that is what we see in many member states today. We have a lot of generation, but we don't have the grids to actually include the electricity into the system. Any suggestions here? What, what could be done? Well, we believe that there could be clear directives to member states when, when new initiatives are being launched, such as the Repower EU. There should be some kind of, um, I don't know, we could introduce a ratio. This ratio would be different depending on the on what individual member states look like. In some member states, there's a quite good balance between generation and grids. In some member states, we have a lot of uh, bottlenecks. Uh, so currently, there are what are they called? The distributed network development plans that are being uh, developed under the network code of demand side flexibility. So these plans will indicate the ratio between generation and the distribution grids. And since they are also being part of the for network code, I believe they can be trusted and can be used for this purpose. So to sum it up, because we don't have much time left, so we established that there is not enough funding accessible to decentralize electricity infrastructure where funding is available, it's where DSOs cannot properly benefit from it due to different obstacles connected to financial insecurities or, or missing incentives. So if we look at the regulatory instruments we have in place, what need or what would need to be implemented to make the landscape more attractive for DSOs? Uh, so I believe that we have three topics of, of improvement or where we can see that the, the Commission and the EU could support DSO projects. Our first idea is that the Commission should establish the, the decentralized grid facility. It should be a program that is dedicated to DSOs where we don't have to compete for the same budget as the larger projects that might have a, a higher priorities. It could be suitable to try to have this new program uh, launched for the next MFF starting in 28. But before that, we are suggesting that pilot programs could be uh, introduced from 25. So then there will be a few years where important learnings could be drawn to, to shape this program. The second recommendation we have is there should be clear guidelines to member states on how to, or let's say, tools to support member states in order to prioritize properly. So a way of doing that could be to, when the new MFF is launched, we're expecting the common provisions regulations to be, and to be revised as well. 
and we can reduce this ratio to make sure that the grids are being stimulated uh, at the same time. Because the EPR are with a lot of the budget is, is going. I believe the, the total budget is, is over four, 400 billion for the current period. And the third point would then be to develop guidelines for these so incentives for member states to support them, to make sure that the grants are not being neutralized on the on the national level. And we also suggest that these uh, guidelines are being developed in cooperation with the, with the relevant stakeholders, such as the ESOs. Great. Thank you very much. Good homework for the Commission. Let's see um, what is going to happen in the years to come. And goodbye. Goodbye, Anita. Thanks. <laughs>